0: I can help raise money for the children. (laughs) Always here for the kids. Jesus loves to heal. Man alive, do we talk about that. Jesus loves to take care of us. We're in a broken world. We're broken folks. And he's committed to healing. I love that truth. But quite frankly, I'm not sure how much we believe it. Most of us have healed, prayed for people that we loved, friends, family, loved ones, prayed for healing with all our heart, with all our faith. And yet God didn't heal. So we talk about Jesus loves to heal, but my sense is most of us We've just kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that Jesus kind of does what he's going to do. And we can articulate this intellectually. We can articulate this, but deep down in our hearts, happy Mother's Day to you all. My mother died 20 years ago this winter. I've never prayed for somebody More passionately than from my mother. She was diagnosed with cancer. Now, she's not the only one for whom I've prayed that didn't get healed. But three months to the day that she was diagnosed, she died. So Jesus loves to yield. Here's my hope today, that we'll leave here with a little deeper conviction about Jesus' commitment and the joy that Jesus finds in healing us. That's my hope. That's my prayer, that every one of us, no matter what we're wrestling with today, no matter where we're looking for healing in our life. We will leave here with a greater, greater belief that Jesus is committed to our healing and to our good than when we arrived. Now, we're going to look at two texts of healing, one at the end of John of chapter 4, one at the beginning of John chapter 5. Now, it's different than most weeks. I'm going to read both these texts, then we're going to talk about them for three minutes, and then I'm just going to talk about healing in the broader theological context. Because it feels to me like we don't always have the clearest idea of how I think God wants to work through healing. So, here we go. First passage about healing, then we're going to read a second one. I want you to notice how different they are as we try to unpack why Jesus heals. So, he came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. And when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went down to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And so Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And as he was going down, his servant met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked him the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. First story. Here's the second one. That man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, well, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now, the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. Father, we all need healing. All kinds of healing. And we're convinced, as much as we can be, that you're committed are being healed. But Father, there are lots of circumstances and lots of things that happen, lots of prayers that don't seem to be answered. And it can cause us to wonder how much you care. How much you're actually committed to our well-being. How much you're committed to our healing. My prayer, Father, here today is that I will speak truth that ultimately is uh, from how you've designed life to work. I pray above all, Father, that we will have a sense of your love and of your care and of your commitment to our well-being. That's my prayer, Father. Encourage us in Jesus' love. Amen. So I want to walk quickly through these two accounts, and we're not going to do them like we typically do most weeks. We walk through the text. We're not going to do that today. More of a I'm going to give you more of a theological expression of how I think God works in healing. But the two accounts. The first one, you got this dad that came to Jesus. His son is is near death, and he's desperate. Anybody, I think, can even if we're not a parent, can have some sense of how desperate you are for your kid's life. Now, Jesus never actually interacted with the son. He was actually about 15 miles from the boy. But he tells the dad, hey, your son is good. He's going to be healed and then He's healed. Oh, when they figure out it's the seventh hour, it was Jesus. It's like, how good is this? And Dad and the household believed just the way we would expect it to happen. Now, the second count Jesus comes to this lame guy that's at the pool, and there's all kinds of people there. First of all, he only picks one. The guy never asked to be healed, never asked to be healed. He gets healed by Jesus, leaves, and doesn't even know who healed him. The Jews come to him and say, hey, what are you doing carrying your bed? It's the Sabbath from all these rules they created. You know what he does? Don't blame me. It's another guy that healed me. Well, who was it? I don't know. Jesus runs into him at the temple. He finally figures out who Jesus is. Then he goes and finds the Jewish officials and says, That's the guy that you should blame for me carrying my bed on the Sabbath. Huh? What in the world is Jesus doing healing a guy that is not even appreciative? It doesn't appear of what's been done. So anyway, I got eight questions I'm gonna answer about healing. Eight questions that I hope If you're here and you're wondering, you got this attitude. He's just going to do what he's going to do. Really doesn't care about me quite as much as I thought. Here's my hope. Here's my hope. We leave here going, ah, he does care. So why did Jesus miraculously heal ultimately here? To reveal who he is. He leaves heaven. He comes down here. He's born of Mary. He's born of a virgin. But most people don't know that. He just looks like you and me. Nobody really gets who he is. And he obviously had to be a human being. We talk about that regularly to do what he's come to do. But nobody gets who he is. So he does these healings, these miracles. About two-thirds of the miracles that are recorded in Scripture are healings. He does it so people will go, he ain't just an ordinary guy. There's something special about this guy. Ultimately, that they would come to see that he is the almighty God who left the glory of heaven to come to this world. To help those who are hurting. Don't ever miss this. His sympathy, his compassion for those who are hurting. This dad whose son is near death and he's pleading with Jesus to heal his son. He cares about that. Matthew records this, And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick, because he cared. From Matthew again, and as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him, and behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent, but they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Jesus loves us. The challenge sometimes though is to believe that when he doesn't do for us what he did for these guys. When he doesn't do for us what he did for that dad. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Jesus did healings to testify to who he is because he cared About those people. But here's really the big idea He cared about people. He cared about their physical maladies and their physical hurts. But he cared about something even more, he cared about their spiritual hurts cared about them needing to be loved, needing significance and security that had been lost since Adam and Eve had sinned and God righteously abandoned us from that intimate relationship. And every human being, everyone, is looking for that sense of security that comes from being loved and knowing our lives matter. He cares about that more than our physical challenges. So why did he heal people physically? More important than removing their their malady, their physical disease. Y'all understand everybody got healed, even Lazarus who was raised from the dead. Y'all remember they eventually died. And I'm afraid sometimes we can lose sight of this. The spiritual healing doesn't quite have the significance that it ought to have. To the lame man, when he went to the temple, he meets him and he says, See, you are well. Sin no more. Change your life. Come to faith that nothing worse may happen to you. You don't change your life, you don't believe. You got something way worse that's gonna happen to you than your lameness. To The official, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now he says that to them in the U there. You can't tell it in English, but in the original language here, that's a plural you. Jesus just isn't speaking to the, to, to the official there, but to those around him. Uh, and this isn't a great thing. You guys are getting more preoccupied with the signs than you are who I am and what I really came to accomplish. The clearest text that I know that deals with this is Jesus, when the lame guy, another lame guy, has a bunch of buddies that take him and they cut a hole in the roof. And they lower him because they believe this guy can heal, can heal their buddy. And when they saw their faith, he said, "Man, your sins are forgiven." You, Jesus said to the man. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question him, saying, "Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone?" The answer to that is no one. But they understand what he's saying. He's claiming to be God. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them. Why do you question your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you? Or say, rise up and walk? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. That's easy to say. Here's the clearest expression of why God heals people. Why Jesus healed people and did miracles. The clearest one I know. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins to bring about spiritual healing. For those of you who have been disconnected by your sin, get you connected back to God. There's no other way. So that you have the confidence that I can do that. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Jesus loves us. He wants to display who he is. He cares for our physical needs, for our maladies. But most importantly, he does healing to point to his ability to spiritually heal. Now, why didn't Jesus do more miraculous healings? And we're going to see this as we go through the book of John. You look at any of the Gospels, but people were more tempted to be fascinated with the miracles than him. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe to the official. Now when he was in Jerusalem, if you go back to chapter 2, at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. You with us so far? That's why he did it. But notice how John finishes this. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. They got more fascinated... With the miracles than they did Jesus. So, are they believing in him on some level? They're trusting in him. They like the miracles. They're pretty entertaining. They're pretty fabulous. That gets somebody's attention. But when he quotes this again to the official, what he's saying to that official, unless you see signs and wonders, you're not really going to believe in me. And he did it, and the guy in his household believed. People are tempted to be more interested in physical healing than eternal. Because the physical problems are right here. They're right now. I know some of you are wrestling with some really significant physical issues. I don't mean to make light of those in the least. They're real, they're heavy, and they hurt. But more important to Jesus than our physical healing is our spiritual healing. And when he healed physically, it was ultimately to point to his ability to heal spiritually. So does Jesus want to heal today? My own experience and too many conversations with other folks doesn't seem like it. Just going to have to live with it. You want my answer? Does Jesus want to heal today physically? Physically? Yep, yep, he does. So how does Jesus heal today? I'm gonna to talk about two ways. Through the usual God-ordained healing processes. Now I am gonna show you guys the power of the Almighty God, the power of Christ. You ready to see it? You guys are gonna see the power of of God unleashed right here in front of your eyes. So I need you to be prepared. I need you to be calm. I need you to be relaxed. I need you to, to, to okay, you all set? Everybody ready? You see this? I am going to take my hands off of it, and you are going to see the power of God. You're set now, right? Everybody set? One, two, three. Disappointing, isn't it? Now, how would you be feeling if I took my hands off that and that book had stayed in the air? How many of you would have been impressed? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Come on, because this is it. I just showed you guys the power of God, and absolutely nobody's impressed. because it's the way God ordinarily works. Who's in control of gravity, guys? God! We go to the doctor. Hmm. Does God didn't work. We go to the surgeon. He repairs our knee. He repairs our eye. Yep, took care of that one on our own. Who gave these doctors their medical ability, whether they acknowledge it or not? Now, I'm a big fan of doctors. Most of you know I got my retina reattached, my knee reattached. I think about what it would have been to live like like 100 years ago. I'd be blind and walking with crutches. Who gave those guys that ability? We got doctors, I see us sitting out there. Even doctors that don't know, they got here's what doctors do. They figured out some of the ways God heals and they can come alongside and facilitate that process. From whom did they ultimately, whether they say it or not and know it or not, from whom did they actually figure this out? God. But he does it in ordinary ways and we go, where was he? I love doctors. I'm a big fan of doctors. When you're sick, go to a doctor. When you go to the doctor, go in faith, believing this, that God gave them every bit that they know about and God is using them to bring healing to our lives. Drew and Jen Sodestrom will be here next weekend. Jen will be with our ladies. We're going to miss you next week, so it might be a band with just guys again. Uh, um, but, but there, some of those guys are going. Drew will be uh, former pastor here, you remember? He'll be preaching here next Sunday morning. Their, yeah, their oldest son, Braden, doing well. Two bouts with leukemia while they were part of our church family. He's got a different blood type than he was born with. Who healed him? God. A miracle. I wouldn't call it a miracle, but God healed it. Playing golf on Friday with, uh, with some buddies, and I had a guy tell me a bunch of uh, Murphy jokes. You know, most of them I'll probably not repeat, but there was one I really liked, because it summarized this point. Murphy's driving around the parking lot, driving and driving around. He can't find a parking place. And so finally he says, Lord, Lord, if you'll help me find a parking spot, I promise I'll give up the Guinness and go to mass every week. Suddenly the clouds parted. There was a, a, a bright light of sun that, that shone on this parking spot. He drove in he said to the Lord, never mind, I found it myself. Feels to me when scab heals, ankle heals, doctors, feels like to me sometimes how we look at it. Guys, God is healing us physically all the time. Whether the doctor that performs the surgery or not recognize it. And then through miraculous demonstrations. Does God heal miraculously doesn't appear to me near as much as he did when Jesus was walking this earth and when he gave the gospel to the apostles. Special time in history. That Jesus was doing this to testify to the fact that he was the Messiah, and then after he left, the apostles, to give validity to this gospel. But do I believe God still hears miraculously today? I do. I've shared you, with you before. It was about 32 years ago I was in a state of depression for about three months. You want to talk about the worst place I've been in my life. It was a legitimate state of depression. You guys know I believe God created us to be happy. You know what it's like for three months to stand up and talk about the joy of Jesus, be 100% convinced of it intellectually and not feeling any of it? And I woke up on a Saturday morning, the day before I told my wife I'll finally go see a counselor, I woke up on a Saturday morning and it was gone. And I kid you not, I was afraid to sit up in bed because the reality of this fog being gone was unmistakably clear. I was afraid to sit up in bed because I was afraid all of a sudden the depression would come back. Then it was important for me to get up. (laughs) And it didn't come back. I've got a brother who about 30 years ago was miraculously healed of epilepsy. Had an encounter, was convinced he was healed. Went into the neurologist and told him, Hey, doc, I've been healed. I'm stuck. Stop taking my medication. The neurologist told him, Hey, do me one favor. Just go off the medication slowly. Just don't drop it all at once. My brother did that, and on his 30th birthday, took his last pill. He's now 60. Last words the neurologist said to him as he's walking out the door, You'll be back. So, do I believe God miraculously heals? I do. A miracle, an extraordinary expression of God's power, which He intends as evidence of the loving power of the gospel. That's a miracle. Now, we live in a culture, and all of a sudden, hey, we put an offer in on a house, and the offer goes through. It was a miracle. It was great. But I wouldn't precisely call that a miracle. This is my definition. A miracle is when you let go of the book and the book stays in the air. Now, when the book goes to the ground, is that any less God than if it had stayed in the air? Is that any less God? No! It's how God ordinarily works. Why does he do miracles? Why did Jesus do them? Why does he still do them once in a while now? Because we tend to underappreciate the usual ways he does healing through counselors, through Christian friends. I don't know if you've noticed this, but his ordinary process of healing, and this frustrates thee to no end, is usually slow. I don't know about you, but I'd like the instant. God's ordinary way of bringing healing is usually slow. How many of you love the slow part of it? Let's see your hands. You just can't wait for this healing to take years. And that's why once in a while he does miracles. Now, why does Jesus heal today? To remind us who he is. Because the ordinary stuff, once in a while, my brother has never been the same since he was healed of epilepsy. You understand my being healed of depression is about as clear today as it was back then. The conviction about spiritual life being real. I believed it before that. Since then, it's like, oh my. I hesitate to even share that with folks who I've known lots of people. Here's the crazy thing, too. After I wrestled with depression, my encouragement to those who are wrestling with it changed completely. And if you're there, I'll tell you about it later. But... It's it's just nuts. You know all the stuff they tell you to do when you're depressed? The problem with being depressed is you can't get yourself to do them. It's like crazy. All the stuff I was supposed to do to get myself out of it, I couldn't get myself to do. To remind us who Jesus is. To help hurting people. The compassion he showed to those two blind guys, to his father, he has just that much compassion for us. But to point us to spiritual healing, only available In Jesus. That's the big idea. So, why does Jesus not miraculously heal more often? Hmm. You understand, I've prayed for it way more often than it happens. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can find it discouraging. (sighs) Because I think we'll be tempted to be more fascinated with physical healing than spiritual. There's a church here not too far from us, several decades ago, got really into spiritual healing. I think there were a lot of cool elements about it. But like the folks in Jesus' day, we can get more excited about that stuff than the spiritual healing. Look through the Gospels. Jesus is always measuring it. After he sometimes healed people, he'd tell them, don't go tell anybody. Because he's walking this ground of wanting to testify to who he is without getting it so far that he just becomes an amusement. To draw us to himself. Why doesn't he miraculously heal more often? Now, if we can believe this, we're going to have great hope. I don't know about you, but when I pray for miraculous healing, I pretty much would just like to see it done. If it were up to me, I would do it. But Paul's going to help us understand. Sometimes God doesn't bring that healing so that we will be drawn to him, those of us who already treasure him, and find in his presence a fulfillment that we would miss if he actually healed us. Did everybody understand that? And for this to work, we actually have to want that deeper joy from being connected to him more than the physical healing. And when we get that, it's an unbelievable testimony to others. Here's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. This is the Apostle Paul now praying and asking for healing. If there's anybody who can ask with enough faith, let me tell you it's the Apostle Paul. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited, to keep me humble, to keep me dependent on God. Three times, because he's doing miracles, he's doing all kinds of stuff. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that I should leave, he should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's power in our lives is made perfect when he doesn't answer our prayer sometimes for healing. You see it there? Because here's my preference. We ask for healing. God just grants it 100% of the time every time. Because we're pretty smart people. Don't you think we're pretty smart? Don't you think we're pretty mature? Don't you think we got this life figured out? Sometimes I'm not going to do what you ask. That I might actually strengthen your faith and the meaning of your spiritual healing grows. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about not being healed. Are you encouraged this morning? I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And you want to talk about an outstanding testimony. Is When we face the challenges of life that overwhelm everybody else, we maybe don't get the answer that we're looking for directly in that prayer for healing. And they see in us the contentment and joy of Jesus. Helen Nelson, in my first church, I'm 27 years old. Likely she has cancer. I go and visit with her. I said, so how would you like me to pray? I know how almost everybody responds. Did it not be cancer? Her simple response was this, that God would give me the power to accept graciously whatever his plan is for my life. I'm 27 years old went over to encourage Helen can't tell you what those words meant to me and my faith so when does Jesus miraculously heal I believe he miraculously heals today when does he do it anybody want to throw out an answer I've shared my story of being miraculously healed from depression, and it's depressed other people who are already depressed because it wasn't their experience. We trust that he knows best. That's what we do. Should we pray for healing? Yep. Yep. We're done we should because Jesus loves to heal where would you like Jesus to heal in your life right now what is it Something physical going on something relational Mother's Day wonderful day for most women, some are here, and probably didn't have that great a relationship with your mom, or you're a mom and you got kids right now, and the relationship is hurting, or you had dreams of being a mom. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. Jesus loves to heal. Jesus loves to heal. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Are you asking Jesus to heal? Why or why not? I have battled through different times in my life with wondering how much he really cares about these situations and these these issues. That deep conviction is he wants to heal, he wants to heal. Maybe what we need to pray for healing for is to be healed of not being so convinced that he wants to heal. Pursue Jesus' healing through ordinary means. You saw Jesus' healing there, right? Here's my strong encouragement. If you're sick or something's wrong, go to a doctor. I deal with people who constantly like to wait to go to the doctor till it gets worse. That's one strategy. It just you deal with pain and discomfort longer, but if that's the strategy you want, now when you go to the doctor, go in as much faith in Jesus as you do when you pray for miraculous healing. We're not trusting him for the miraculous and not the ordinary. We are not going to have that shallow worldview. It's just not who we are at RCC. You got relational issues? I encourage you, see a counselor. You got spiritual issues? Be connected here. Talk to one of us. Might God do a miracle? Yeah. Am I praying for miracles pretty much every day? I pray that God would fill us as his people with his spirit, that he'd use whatever means he needed, that he would use extraordinary means to encourage us in our faith. Is it up to me? It is not. Once you work through that, you actually get to the place where it's probably better that it's not with me. I don't always understand his means, but I do believe it's better. And then pursue Jesus' healing through his extraordinary means. Jesus is in the healing business. Physical healing, emotional, relational healing, most importantly, spiritual healing. He left the glory of heaven and came down to this earth and you probably heard this story but he ended up dying for us and rising from the dead that we might be healed for all eternity. Until we meet him face to face we are going to be in the process of being healed. Let's just embrace it. Let's go with it. Let's celebrate it and let's trust him with all of it because he, he loves us and desires that we be healed. Thanks, Father, for your love. Thanks for sending Jesus into the world. This world, again, we've talked about it a lot already this morning, Father, is a hard place with challenge and burdens and weights that we all carry. But our prayer, Father, is that as we get more and more linked with you, as we treasure you more and more, as we give ourselves to your designs and ask in faith for healing. Give us eyes to see the healing that you're in the process of doing. But Father, help us, help us, help us to believe more and more every day in Jesus.